Wanderers show. Welcome along to the Wickham Wanderers show, the first after the first defeat of 2022. Oh. But there's positives to come from it. And the final one before I follow bites the dust. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a film trailer, isn't it? It really is, yes. I follow. <laughs> Bites the dust. I followed too. On the 29th of January. Bites the dust is like the sort of the tagline afterwards. Yeah. I follow. Bites the dust. And then there's I follow. Gareth Spann's recorded a uh, version of like another one, Bites the Dust. <laughs> Especially <laughs> for it. No, not really. No. That was surreal, but I quite liked it, though. Yeah, yeah. It was quite, quite interesting. Uh, yes, welcome along to the Wicked Wanderer show. Uh, coming up tonight with Colin and myself, uh, Bob, uh, we will be uh, hearing from Gareth Ainsworth a couple of times. Oh, yes. Uh, we'll be hearing from him after the uh, 3-2 defeat uh, at the wonderfully same, named Mazuma Stadium. It is wonderfully named. It, it is good, isn't it? And also we'll be hearing from the, him... The Globe Arena in Old Money. Although I think that was even a sponsored name. I think it's one of those grounds that never has not been sponsored. Exactly. And we'll be hearing from him from Marlow Road, which has yet also not been sponsored. <laughs> yes, that's true. It'll yeah. just be a matter of time, though. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. I, I wonder who we could, you know, the Dormeo training ground or something like that. There you go. There's an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> Where Wickham Sound could get a bit of money if that does ever come true. Uh, yes, we will be hearing from Gareth twice. Uh, got some very interesting things to say in in that interview as well. Uh, very grateful uh, about all of the fans who made the no, really long nice, trip up to Morecambe. A really nice personal message to the, to the fans, yeah, if that's yeah. you, that went there. Yes. It's a long way, isn't it? You've it, been there, it, you? it? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a long, long way. It's, you know, it feels a bit like a suburb <laughs> it's of... It's like Tipperary, but not... <laughs> slightly. It's, it's like a suburb of Carlisle. It's that, that sort of far north... Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it's not one to, to sort of just take lightly. Make sure you've got your sandwiches with you. That's what I'd say. <laughs> I think I'm going to recommend another fish and chip shop there for a second. Yeah, I, no, I should have done it, actually. Also coming up on the show, as Bob mentioned, uh, the end of I Follow for Wicked Wanderers and the beginning of uh, Wanderers TV. Ooh. We'll be hearing from uh, Matt Sasso and Phil as well uh, to uh, preview that ahead of its launch on the 1st of Feb. Yeah, really looking... quite soon, isn't it? The first it is. It's, it's coming around very quickly, isn't it? Um, where has January gone? Not that any of us are particularly sad to see the back of January. Actually, Wickham's form has been quite good, whereas, of course, normally after the Christmas period, <laughs> it takes us a little while to get going, but it hasn't been the case uh, this season. Uh, obviously got the MK Donso on Saturday, which is a big, big game, considering that they are now just, just one place below us in the table. And we'll take you back to the 50s and 60s. Oh, of course. And hear the thoughts of Winger. Uh, slash forward uh, Mick Rockle uh, who will be uh, sharing his thoughts uh, with us who of course was part of the squad in the uh, the 57 Amateur Cup final against Bishop Auckland at Wembley and was a player uh, who did score quite a lot of goals like Jack Grimmer absolutely yes you get to go on this show and then score <laughs> exactly it's, it's, it's like a kiss of whatever the opposite of kiss of death is ever ever since we kiss started you know started talking about Jack Grimmer over the past few weeks and all of a sudden he, he's, he's found his shooting and scoring boots absolutely great goals and, that, and that's the, the thing as well they're great goals he's, he's really is if know. he's a stand-up comedian he'd only tell a few jokes but they'd both be really yeah. brilliant jokes yeah, they would be they would be worth hanging about for Absolutely. A couple of uh, good goals, of course, uh, up at Morecambe. Yeah, Adebayo Akinfenwa, uh, scoring after 90 seconds. Really impressed as well um, that actually, you know, so so he's 39 years old. Um, and he's one of those players now you sort of think, oh, you know, he's, he's just going to be a bit part. You know, he'll come on as a substitute or he'll, he'll go off after sort of like, you know, an hour or so. No, played the whole game against Morecambe. Um, and yeah, and got a goal as well. 
Absolutely. Tick that one off the list. Indeed. A very, very impressive. Very creditable display. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, didn't didn't quite go to plan in the end. Uh, a few issues. I, I very much feel that Morecambe are a bit like Wickham were a few seasons ago, um, you know, when we were scrapping to stay in uh, League One, ne- never mind the championship. Um, obviously, they had a slightly dodgy pitch as well on Saturday, which Gareth does refer to. Uh, here he is speaking to Phil after the game. Uh, Gareth, it's never done against Wickham and Morecambe, is it? And uh, it was another game full of goals, but Wickham coming out on the wrong end of this one. Yeah, um, and, you know, a uh, couple of performances unrecognisable in that second half, you know. Uh, I wanted us to go forward a bit more in the first half. I know I know, we had to be a bit more direct today because the pitch, pitch is terrible. You, you can't play on that, you know, you really can't. And I think it showed um, with their second goal, you know. It's, uh, I've tried to pass a little bit at the back there and the pitch has just bobbled it up and... and they're in, you know, and uh, and it was disappointing to see. I think their first goal was a free kick that was uh, was a miss hit, and, and they got a corner, and then they scored from the corner. There wasn't a lot of quality today, but I do I do blame the pitch. It's really spongy out there. It's uh, it's not great, and uh, I'm gutted for the boys because they've given everything. They really have. But more come scrapping for their lives, you know. And, and I think it's it's refreshing to say that this division is so tight. Anyone can beat anyone, and uh, sometimes a defeat is not such a bad thing, you know. We can we can work on what we need to work on. Realise that these teams at the bottom are going to be scrapping and battering people, and and that's what they did. You know, you've got to give credit to their forwards. Any high balls and long balls up to them, they were giving my defenders, you know, a heck of a time. And uh, and likewise at the other end, you know, we scored two great goals, and uh, unfortunately it wasn't enough today. But um, I'm not going to be disappointed after defeat away to Morecambe. We've been here before, believe me, and uh, I've been on the end of these defeats. But it's it's disappointing because of where we are in the league. I've got some picking up to do, and uh, and I'll do it. I love doing it. They're a great bunch. Proud of every one of them. They gave me everything. Just fell short today, and that's the story. Disappointing as well because having taken the lead twice away from home. Yeah, definitely. You know, especially first minute, you can score too early sometimes. You know, and and, uh, and rest on your laurels. But we didn't really. It was. Uh, it was a scrappy game, it was, you know, and when it's a scrap, and we've done this to teams, we've made games scraps and, and, and won them. They made it a scrap today, and they've scored three, we've scored two. It's about the story of the game, you know, there wasn't a lot in it. Fair play to Morecambe, well done. We'll be back next week, MK Don's at home, looking forward to it. I was watching it at times thinking this is the sort of game that Josh Scullin would love. Um, unfortunately, not in the squad today. <laughs> no, I took a, a whack uh, last week against Oxford, some misses today. Sam Volk's uh, not fully recovered as well, which is uh, obviously big for us, but Hackingfilm has done really well. He's scored a fantastic goal and, and led the line well. I thought, just wanted to just come up a little bit short, you know. And you're going to get that at times, you know. Uh, away from Morecambe the only thing I'm, I'm gutted for is the fans have made all that journey you know it's a long long way to come please stay with your team they've really tried today just weren't good enough in some areas but um, we've been plenty good enough this season and uh, I'm really proud of where we are yeah disappointed today because uh, you look at the game and you think right Wickham away at Morecambe I'm sure there's a few coupons being busted today but don't write these boys off you know um, you know I'm a Northwest boy and this is a Northwest team. I hope they stay up. I really do. Um, but not at the expenses of us, and, uh, and that's happened today. So a bit gutted. But now back down the road, picking up. The fans are going to be in, in numbers next week. I know that. I know this is a big one against MK, and I intend to uh, to put the wrong right uh, early in the season. You know, we, we got a red card for Anthony Stewart. We, we had to play the rest of the game for ten men. They beat us one 0 I think they've lost the key player in, in uh, O'Reilly and they'll have to replace him hopefully we'll be getting a couple of key players back um, but whatever squad I put out whatever team I put out I believe they're good enough to win games in League 1 
Another example of how a team lower down in League One can easily beat, well not easily, but yeah. can certainly beat a team uh, much higher up in the table. And that's what I mean when I say that actually Morecambe slightly do remind me of us a few seasons ago that actually, yeah, they, they can get those results uh, when you, you're not really expecting it. Um, Gareth, he likes his Northwest teams as well, doesn't he? He always, he always makes a little comment, you know, you can tell he, you know, he's, he's comfortable when he's in the Northwest. He's, he's quite pleased to be up there. Yes. The rain battering against him. Yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was planning sort of like a trip uh, you know with the coach driving you know can we can we go back past some of the local fish and chip shop can some we, of the sites of the northwest can we go through blackburn i'll just <laughs> go and say hello to my folks <laughs> on the way home but it's interesting isn't it because we, we were talking there about how you know other teams obviously not dropping points at the same time as we're losing which clearly <laughs> which hasn't helped slightly yes which <laughs> is slightly frustrating uh, particularly after recently when it went the other way round um and the way that the table looks now you do feel that actually Saturday's game against MK Dons is well hugely important, um, given that we currently we're fourth, uh, we've played twenty eight, uh, we've got fifty two points. Uh, MK Dons currently fifth, also played twenty eight, got forty nine points, and below them then Oxford United, uh, having played a game less than twenty seven, and they've got forty six. And you think, well, if we beat the MK Dons, we'll then be six points clear, we'll be a six point gap basically between fourth and fifth. And you do feel, well, that probably will continue for a little while. And so we'll then be a, in that group of four who are going for automatic promotion. If we lose on Saturday, then clearly MK Dons will then be catching us up. Um, and they uh, currently have a better goal difference than us as well. Uh, so they would go ahead of us. Um, Oxford have then got that game in hand. And you just think, if we lose it, it looks sort of subtly like we're then scrapping for the fourth, fifth or sixth playoff places, uh, which clearly is not nearly as, as attractive as thinking, well, yeah, you know, we want to be in that, that top four rather than sort of like, you know, fifth, sixth. Um, and then Plymouth in seventh at the minute, just outside the playoffs. So, so they're, they're eight points behind us. Uh, but again, albeit with a game in hand. Uh, but fingers crossed that, yeah, that we can beat MK Dons. It, it, it's sort of crystallising into a very, very important game. And the fact that it's against um, the lot up. Uh, and I, it's one of those things, and I was talking to Chris about this earlier on today, that whereas Oxford United don't think of us as a derby, I don't necessarily think that all Wickham fans think of MK Dons as a derby because anyway mk don shouldn't really exist you know they they should be wimbledon and if they were still wimbledon we wouldn't be considering a team from south london as a local derby so to me yeah it's not really a derby very good point uh, and also it's quite tricky to assess as you sort of touched on there because not everyone's played the same number of games uh, yes that is very true uh, and obviously wigan uh, have now hit the front um with their eight uh, no sorry not eight games <laughs> four games in hand it does feel uh, like that it does yes yeah uh, four games in hand over uh, sunderland uh, ourselves and mk dons obviously rotherham have got two games in hand uh, and as i said oxford and plymouth currently have one Still to come, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth once again, uh, chatting to Bob, looking ahead to the uh, Battle of Bucks. Is Milton Keynes strictly in, in Bucks even? I think it's, it's No, they, 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 they sort of like seceded or whatever, that's right, that's yeah. sort of, whatever that, that is. Yeah, so they don't even themselves part of Bucks anymore. <laughs> but the, uh, the game on Saturday uh, mentions... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, what is the word you're looking I'm for? I'm not sure. <laughs> Marks, that's it. Marks the end of uh, I Follow oh, as yes. the club. Uh, goes it alone from uh, the... Uh, EFL sort of template, I suppose you call it, uh, with their in-house... Bravely goes it alone. You make them sound like some sort of, like, knight going off to battle. Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. 
<laughs> Although that sounds less technologically impressive, doesn't it? it I suppose it does, <laughs> yes. Often in this new technical world, it's more like the Matrix. Than, yes, than, that'd be than, better. Yes. Than a knight. Than, than Monty Python. Uh, and <laughs> a chain of armour on a horse. Indeed. <laughs> Taking the internet with it. Uh, but Phil, who is the uh, new head of audio and broadcast uh, at Wickham Wanderers now... He'd look uh, very good on a horse <laughs> uh, in, in a suit of armour. ...has <laughs> been speaking to Matt Sassel, head of media and marketing at the club, to find out more about Wanderers TV. Uh, we must warn you as well, I don't think any horses are mentioned in this chat at all. It's probably the biggest step we've taken in the eight years that I've been here presently. And, you know, it's funny, we talk about ringing the blues and there's been a lot of talk about matchday programmes as well. And you, you just realise how much the whole media landscape has changed since I was growing up as a kid in the 90s to where we are now. Um, Wanderers TV will coincide with the launch of a new website on the 1st of February or there and thereabouts. And it's really Wickham Wanderers' own and owned by the club TV platform um, for live streaming of matches, the audio commentary of games, um, and a lot more of enhanced video content that you know our team, with yourself included, Phil, are going to be putting together on a regular basis um, to connect Wanderers fans across the world, to tell more stories about the club, and, and, and really branch out to our own platform, leaving EFL Digital um, in line with the club's ambitions on and off the pitch to be championship standard. You know, we're going to be... Um, you know, so much more advanced on that front than we ever have been. Uh, really exciting time and uh, a busy time as well, but a productive one. And, and we're excited to, to see people's reactions when this all gets up and running. Now, we'd never like to do things the easy way at Wickham Wanderers. And this change is coming during the season, uh, which presents its own challenges as well. And there's been lots of questions coming in. The one that really kind of is a regular question is, if I'm an iFollow monthly or annual subscriber, what happens to the subscription and, and how do people find out about what's going to be going on? Yeah, I think, first of all, I, I think iFollow has been a really good product down the years and vastly improved in recent times. I know fans had to rely on it last year um, when the games were behind closed doors and, and people got to grips with it. For many people, last season was their first experience of using the iFollow platform and after a few little glitches at the start. Um, I think the EFL Digital had a good product and one that really brought football into the homes of people that weren't able to get to games. And obviously, you know, the broadcasting restrictions from UEFA are, are still in place. But really, um, iFollow has been good. Wondrous TV is going to be better. Um, and so, yes, we're moving mid-season. So uh, a lot of our fans paid up front at the start of the season for an annual subscription. They will just be issued with a voucher code. So when the new website and Wanderers TV launches, they'll be able to create a new account, put in the voucher code to essentially buy it for free uh, for the remainder of the season. So that those codes will be sent via email uh, to the email address that they use for their iFollow account presently. And that should be quite straightforward. And we'll have all the user guides for that. Uh, anyone that's paying monthly at the moment for their iFollow access, that subscription will just get stopped. And actually, if you've paid up front kind of for the month um, and you haven't had that month's access, you'll get a pro rata refund for, for what you've missed out on. And that will just be automatic and dealt with by iFollow as we close those accounts down. So we will be asking you to sign up for a new monthly pass on Wanderers TV. So, you know, the first game that we're looking at in February is that uh, Shrewsbury Town game on the 8th of February. That will be eligible for live streaming in the UK. Um, but if you were used to paying monthly for your audio access, um, don't expect to be able to log in on that night and listen if you haven't signed up for a new subscription. So your iFollow one will be stopped. You'll launch a new Wanderers TV account. Uh, it's the same price as iFollow. That all the subscriptions are the same uh, in terms of the price and what you get for them. Um, the only difference is going to be we're going to give you better content for your money. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to many Wickham fans buying their subscription and, and joining us on it. So just to reiterate then, uh, Wanderers TV will cost the same as iFollow? 
Yeah, these are put in place across the EFL. Um, it's, you're still acquiring an EFL product, really, which is the rights to see the game. Uh, and that's why it has to be consistent across all clubs. If we started charging £5 to watch a game, it, all the Shrewsbury fans would come and watch it on Wanderers TV and deny their club their revenue. So so that's why the match uh, passes are fixed at £10 for a video pass. Uh, the audio match passes are £2.50. The monthly subscriptions are 4 49 uh, on the audio front and the overseas fans as well got it for what was it, 170 for the year for the video passes as well so so all the prices are uh, consistent we're all about offering value and what we're going to offer is a lot better value for money than we than we've ever done on iFollow and will fans be able to watch every game or will it be the same rules as it applies to iFollow on a Saturday three o'clock kickoff it will just be the audio uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, Wickham Wanderers are very pro-streaming. Um, it's a big debate all across EFL clubs. And funnily enough, uh, Rob Kuwig and I sat down with EFL Digital two weeks before the pandemic and uh, and explained our viewpoint. We want games to be seen far and wide by as many people as possible, whether it's in the UK, out the UK, uh, outside the UK. We don't feel that live streaming will stop people going to games. We think that we offer such a good experience at Adams Park if you can get here, you will. If you can't get here, you'll watch it on iFollow or Wondrous TV. Uh, we don't think that one obstructs the other. Um, a lot of clubs fear that the opposite is true and that if all games were eligible for streaming, people would sit at home uh, and watch it and not get down to the games. So we had that discussion with the EFL pre-pandemic and I think a lot of opinions were changed uh, over the past year when we've seen the volume of people that were watching on TV from behind closed doors, the amount of revenue that was generated. Um, but when clubs were asked for their opinions uh, back in the summer, we were in the minority uh, and therefore the broadcast restrictions are still as they were. So all the Saturday three o'clock games uh, still are locked behind the, the UEFA article that prevents us from streaming it. Uh, so unless you're overseas, um, then those Saturday three o'clock games will be audio only. But thankfully, Phil, it'll be your audio, uh, which I know is a great comfort and, uh, and, and substitute for those that aren't able to be at the games. But yeah, every opportunity we have to stream, we will stream. So that's your Tuesday night games, your bank holiday games, a Good Friday, for example, against Plymouth will be eligible. And any game that was a Saturday and gets displaced to a Tuesday night game, uh, that is at the discretion of the home club uh, and we will always be pro streaming those games so throughout the season um, you'll get to see a good amount of football on Wanderers TV uh, as well as the extended highlights and the highlights packages that we'll put up and the match day rewinds as well Fantastic sounds exciting times uh, back to the website it's going to provide uh, the club and the fan base with a single sign-on experience uh, what does that mean? Yeah that's uh, that's going to be built on over the coming months so um when you sign on to the website, you'll you'll discover something called My Quarter. And basically, that's going to be your, your login that over time, you'll be able to use the same login across our ticketing platform, the retail platform, the streaming platform. Uh, potentially, as well, we're looking into using it to access the Wi-Fi at Adams Park as well. At the moment, if you're a Wickham fan, you'll have a potentially a different email address and password for each of those things. Uh, we want to generate a, a more seamless user experience. I don't want to sound too technical, but basically one fan account at Wickham Wanderers. It just helps us know more about you, the fans. It helps you uh, migrate seamlessly between ticketing and retail, etc. And it'll all be knitted together in an app as well. So there is a club app coming. At the moment, the only app that you'd be aware of is the EFL iFollow one, which is a generic EFL uh, app that gives you access to the Wickham Wanderers video content. There will be a Wickham Wanderers app launching uh, with the best intentions 31st of March. 
uh, and that will have all the website feeds and uh, the league tables, fixtures, the news, etc., player profiles, but also uh, the streaming potential and the ticketing and retail links in there as well. So that's all coming. I think what we're looking at for the 1st of February is the first phase of a rollout of a lot of developments over the coming months. So everything might not be 100% um, you know, ready for the 1st of February, but certainly we're using the rest of the season as a, as a time period to roll out more and more innovations um, so that, you know, by the start of next season in the Championship, we're ready to go all singing, all dancing on, on every front. Hiding talk, Matt. I like this. Um, I think that's a really good point you just made between now and the end of the season. It's a great opportunity for, for us to learn more about what's going to be happening and, and getting it out there, but also a perfect opportunity for you guys, the fans, I suppose, to get in contact with us at the club and say, we like this. What does this mean? Or can we have more of this? Or how does this work? Etc. And I guess that kind of process starts now. You know, any questions, ping them in. Absolutely. It has to be two way. You know, we, we want to know what content is going to work, what's going to drive subscriptions. Um, you know, there will be content going behind the paywall and you need to be a subscriber to see it. But, you know, we're quite proud of the, the following that we've accrued over social media over the last few years uh, and the view counts that that gets and the reach. And we certainly don't want to lose out on that by putting everything that's restricted. So it will be a bit of a balancing act. And we want to know from supporters, you know, what sort of content you want to see. Um, which personalities you want to see more or less of, I guess, uh, across our platforms, um, you know, and what it's going to work for you. And certainly, you know, we love to hear fan stories. We've had some amazing stories on the podcast and, and, and people that we've spoken to as well. Um, have got amazing stories about their association with the club. And I think, you know, over the last month, um, in particular, you see, uh, you know, a lot of fans have, have, come to the fore and, and, and been in the news and often for tragic circumstances. But it's when you get to hear the, the, the people around Wickham Wanderers make it at the club that it is. And so it won't just be football, football, football. Um, we are an amazing football team, an amazing manager and staff at the moment, and we're going to showcase them as best we can. And we are going to get better access to them as well once the COVID restrictions die down. But it's the people around the club, really, that are the heartbeat. Um, and we want people telling us what they want to see. We want people wanting to be involved in Wanderers TV, to be the star, to have their 15 minutes of fame. Um, and, you know, yourself and, and, and me and the team are always available for feedback and constructive ideas, and we'd love to hear it all. Uh, Matt Anfell speaking on the club's official Ringing the Blues podcast. I do hope that Wanderers TV is going to have that funky music that was at the beginning of the interview. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, me too. I really liked it. We'll try and feature it more good. in this It was good. It was great. Yeah, I, I liked it. I was, I was dancing around. Thanks very much. No, you're very complimentary when things go well. It's only it's only fair that you <laughs> point out when there's some sort of horse up as well. <laughs> it's fine. I don't, look, no, nobody knew that it was you either. You could have easily got oh. away with that. You could have blamed it on me or, or the computer or whatever. Yeah, it's a technical error. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's fine. Hopefully, that won't be in the podcast. No. Still to come on this week. We'll, we'll edit this bit out for the podcast. <laughs> we'll edit the whole beat. This is why you have to listen to it on FM. This, this is, you know, because you, you, you get the best bit. Exactly. You, you get to know exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the opposite of behind the scenes is. In front of the scenes. In front of the scenes. Uh, yeah. Still to come, we'll hear from. Uh, from <laughs> For hopefully here from unless I've edited it incorrectly <laughs> we'll hear from uh, former uh, winger and other forward positions uh, Mick Rockall as well uh, plus your excellent uh, chat with Gareth from earlier on today thank you very much That's very good uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your, your Mick Rockall chat as well <laughs> 
on the Wickham Wonder Show here at Wickham Sound. I hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, we will be talking about Wickham Wanderers women and finding out how they got on at the weekend. We'll talk about the current international Wanderers and we'll be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth ahead of Saturday's game against MK Dons. That was very well done, that bit. Oh, thank you very much. That's just how I imagined it. full of compliments tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And I was pleased because I called them MK Dons and not the MK Dons. Oh, very good, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I I don't know why it annoys me when it's the MK Dons. It's like, why do they have to have the in front of them? It's like Ukraine. Yeah. Topical. Indeed, Some people say the Ukraine, don't they? Yeah, exactly. They're not the Beatles, they're MK Dons. Yes. They're not the Beatles, definitely. <laughs> Although I think Pete Winkleman would quite like to be one of the Beatles. Absolutely. It's like Wickham Swan as well. Well, that's another debate entirely. Oh, anyway, yes, well, that's, that's a good point. Some people say the Wickham Swan. Yeah, yeah. Or the Swan. I mean, it's the Swan. Anyway. <laughs> the Beaconsfield Services. <laughs> <laughs> if you've just tuned in, you, you, might, be, you might wonder what on earth's going on. Uh, this is the Wickham Wanderer Show, and... Uh, Almost without fail, every week we get to speak to a member of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, uh, either a player or perhaps a former manager or even, you know, we've spoken to journal- former journalists, we've spoken to backroom people from the club. This week uh, we caught up with Mick Rockall, who um, played over 100 times for the club in a number of positions, as you'll hear, and uh, here's how he started. I went to Hatters Lane School and uh, Mr Sidcan, I call him Mr Sidcan, came coaching us and he asked me to go to Wickham after I finished school so uh, eventually I did get there trained hard got into the reserve team at 17 and uh, stayed there till about 1962 you know 55 54 to 1962 and had you always been a winger I did originally play at wing but luckily I could uh, play a few other positions you know on the pitch I was a bit lucky there because I guess you were at the at the club at the time where there were, there were other, well one in particular a particular winger who, who I guess was was quite tricky to sort of move from his position. He was a really great player. Yeah, he was. Yeah. We had some class players at Wickham. You know, really classy team and well worth being there actually and playing with them. They really helped you. You, you know, brought me along. A lot of the older type players. They were really great. A lot of the players: Jackie Tomlin, Cliff Trot, and Jimmy Truitt. For example, and Jimmy Moore, they were really good. And they're literally legendary names of the club as well. It must have been fantastic are, to, yeah, to have been there at that time. Yes, that's right. They were really just that bit older than me, you know, so they helped me a lot and, and uh, looked up to them, you know. But it was a, it's a great club, you know, to play for. Very professionally run at the time. What was said, Cam was a first-class coach, I thought, anyway. Because he sort of moved your position, didn't he? You were, you were initially on, on the left wing. Right wing I was, really, but I I did go to the left and then I played in every position on the forward line, actually. All for, you know, for a while, in different times. But I enjoyed it. As long as I got a game, it didn't, didn't matter where I played. I would have been better these days, I think, because they sort of seem to play anywhere, don't they? No, absolutely. They, yeah, they the... go all over the pitch, don't they, you know. But, but different in our day, it was entirely different football, you know. Wingers were more or less keep out on the right and just get the crosses in if you can. No, absolutely, because even defenders could push forward a lot more now, don't they? Oh, good Lord, they never, they never attacked years ago, you know, they were told not to, you know, but it's, it's changed so much, but it, I don't know whether it's any better now or, or not, but it's changed, you know, everything's changed. 
Certainly, the pace of the game is very different, isn't it? A lot, yeah, a lot faster. But we were, we were like, we trained hard, and we we got won a lot of games because we were fit, you know, a lot fitter than the other the other teams. But um, we had a good team, there's no doubt about it. At Wickham, then. And we mentioned Len. He must be someone that you really looked up to at the time. Yes, he's the same age. We're the same age, you know. But I knew Len before I came and, and watched him play, and he's a really good player. There's no doubt about that. Paul Bates was another one great to play with, centre forward. Very good player. And what was it like playing under Sid? Yes, he was good. I found him good. He helped me a lot. A good coach. Not everybody's cup of tea, but I got on well with him. You know, I was one of his favourites. I reckon. <laughs> It's great as well because fans obviously like you know attacking players and, and yeah, exciting oh, yeah. players as well. Yeah, the fans are very good. Too. I mean, the, the fans were terrific. I mean, we often had more fans in the away games than the actual home fans. You know, when we used to go away, it was really good. Are there any particular games that really stand out? Well, one for me was against Wisbech in the FA Cup, and they had a, two or three old internationals play. You know. Full-time internationals, Jesse Pye and Billy Elliott. The goalkeeper, I can't think of his name now, but he was good. We beat them in the end. It was a tough game. They went two up. And we managed to get back in the game and beat them 4-2. But the crowd, I never said the crowd too excited. You know, it was really, really great. And, of course, you're part of an elite group of players who've played over 100 times for the club. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, John told me. I was quite surprised, actually, yeah. Yeah, it was good. And your goal-scoring record, you must be quite, quite proud of that as well. Yeah, yeah, I did all right, actually. <laughs> Pretty good, which is not bad. 120 games, it's got 43 goals for a winger, you know, so it's good, quite good. And some of those players that you mentioned, what, what was the atmosphere like in the dressing room? I imagine you were really close. Oh, yeah, very close. Never any backbiting or anything, you know what you call arguing. We were all on each other's side. It was top, top class. And it's interesting you mentioned, you know, you, it would be interesting to imagine how, you know, if you're a player today, you'd be, you know, providing balls for the likes of Sam Vokes and, and Akin Fenwar as well. Cool, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're a good team now, Wickham. They look, look very good. I've been watching them on the television and very good indeed. It's strange to imagine, isn't it? Like, obviously, when you played and, and the difference between, you know, the side and where they are now. Oh, well, they were pro- they're pros now, aren't they? We were only part-timers you know amateurs are so-called and uh, we only train twice a week you know it's different altogether when you when you can train every day like you know they can every day they need to i know when i was in the i did my national service and uh, in the RAF, you know you played for the command team and you were you trained every day for a couple of weeks you know and you soon get you get yourself fit and uh be more like a professional. Because how did you find, obviously, with the travel as well, with you know having a, a proper and you know, a, a, a sort of a full time job, if you like, and obviously training and playing as well? Oh, that was okay. Well, on Farsi, I've lived at Bourne End of area, Flackleith, for all my life, which is not far to Wickham. So it wasn't far to uh, to come training, to go training. And obviously, some of the many, as you say, some of the many players that, that you played with and, and other uh, players that you played against as well, that must bring back some great memories for you as well. Yes, they were tough old boys, some of them, you know. But they were always, always in the bar afterwards, <laughs> having a drink and friends, to, you know, together. It was jolly good times then. Does it feel like a long time ago, or does it feel like not that long ago? 
A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I guess even as well, playing at Lokes Park, obviously a, a different ground, but but the slope as well. How, how did you cope with oh, that? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was at work, I reckon I had one leg shorter than the other because I played at Wickham. <laughs> That's the way I could play there. <laughs> but you could use the slope to your advantage, you know, that was worth playing on. And a lot of other teams used to play down the bottom and the ball used to run away, but we'd use the slope and get quite a few goals that way. No, definitely. It must have been quite strange for other teams to, to play against as well. Yes, it was. They used to moan about it, you know, but uh, we loved it. And you mentioned the fans. That's some bit, really big crowds in those days. Really big crowds, yeah. You know, as I say, when you went away, you, we were all out, out manoeuvred. You know, we a much bigger crowd than what they did. It was really good. And were many of your teammates also local as well? Yeah, most of them were, really, when you work it out. They were all local lads, most of them. You get one or two that came a distance. And we had one or two that came from the north who were in the RAF. Freddie, not Freddie Lawson, he was local, but um, Frank Smith and uh, Ronnie Fry. There was a lad called Ronnie Fry played when I did. He was a really good player. Um, they came from up the north. and uh, But generally, they were all local boys, which is even better. And obviously yep. there was the league success, but also, you know, did really well in, in cup competitions as well. They must have been great to be a part of. Yeah, I, I didn't get in the, the amateur cup team's final, but I watched it, you know. It was, if it was nowadays, I might have got in the squad, I don't know, but uh, could have been on, on the pitch. But uh, it was a great feeling. We played, did very well to get there, Wickham. Because Bishop Auckland were always a bit of a, a bogey team anyway. They were indeed. I can remember as a boy watching them at Brentford, uh, when, when uh, Jock McCollum and his team played Peter Birdseye, that was a good good semi final. But what was that like to be in and, in and around the squad during that time with, with, with those players on such yes, a famous it was, occasion? Uh, it was good. Yeah, a lot of really good atmosphere everywhere. You know, everybody was buoyed up to uh, to win the cup, and it could have happened. You know, with a bit of luck, but uh, that's the way it goes. So tell us what happened uh, after your time at, at the club. I went went to Hayes for a little while. I didn't last there long. I didn't didn't like it, and then I ended up at Maidenhead United uh, with a, one or two boys that I knew. You know, Jimmy Price was the manager. He, he asked me to go over, and that's where I played for a few years. And then I went played with Jimmy Truitt at Prince's Risborough, and ended up at Flackleheath when I was in my thirties. So I had a good good career. I enjoyed every minute of it. Fantastic to have those memories and, and just yeah. to kind of reflect, really, as you say, on your time at the club. Yeah, I did, yeah. The, the, one of the last games I played was actually for Wickham, <laughs> believe it or not. When uh, they were in the FA Cup with Brian Lee and Johnny Reardon, and uh, they had to play Middlesbrough. And our team, Flackleheath, we stepped in for them in a Berkshire Berks Cup game. So I did eventually finish at 30 in the 30 odd in the Wickham team, one game. We lost. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really interesting chatting to two former players. Obviously, the, the club feels really special. Are you able to say you know, exactly what, what you think is, is so special about it? It's just a family club, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a local club, good support. Everybody loves in this area loves Wickham. And rightly so. But, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased I went there and played. It really feels that every kind of ten years something really special happens, whether it's a good cup run or, or a promotion. Yeah, I know, or... yeah. They've had some good good cup runs, haven't they, you know, since 
over the years, really good. Semi-final, the FA Cup, you'd never believe it. It was great. No, that's fantastic. And what, what's your kind of overall uh, memory or feeling, if you like, of your time at the club? Um, no, I enjoyed it ever so much, you know. I didn't really want to leave at the time, you know. I would never have left, but there you go. It doesn't last forever, does it? And I think your career and that, you just got to get on with it. No, absolutely. And you must be, it must bring a great amount of enjoyment to, to watch the side, as you say, today and, yeah, and see how well they're doing. Yeah, always follow them, see the results, you know, see how they get on. And do you feel a real kind of part of the, the foundations, if you like, of where the club are now? Yeah, I do, yeah. You know, you look back and people still remember you when you see some people, you know. It's really nice to think that, that people, if you see someone like Mick about, who's, you know, obviously played for the club, so not, but in such a, a, a key part of, of their history as well. As you say, people always remember the, the 57, well, not least necessarily, yeah, yeah. Remember, but have heard of it and, and know that Bishop, Bishop Auckland are a bogey team. Yes, oh, completely. And it, it must be really nice that actually, if you were a member of the, the side, say, back in the 50s, 60s, and that actually you're, you're almost still getting paid, as it were, from that today. That you turn up at Adams Park, uh, and I don't mean being paid actually financially, but just, just paid sort of like almost emotionally, people are still then going to be saying, oh, hello, you know, and, and know who you are. And that must be absolutely lovely. And very strange as well, you can't imagine, obviously to be replicated then, but in sort of 50 years' time, people going, do you remember when uh, they played in 2022? <laughs> and- <laughs> but it will happen, yeah, won't course. it? Yeah, yeah. And also, I don't expect it happens in many other walks of life, um, such as for you and I, you know, if we were to walk back into Wickham Sound in mm. 50 years' time, they're not going <laughs> to say, hey, it's Bob and Collins. <laughs> exactly. They were on the Wickham Wanderer show back in 2022. Whereas actually, if you're a footballer and, and you do well at a club, you'll always be remembered there and you'll always be very, very warmly welcomed back in a way that, you know, we've talked recently about John Gorman. I mm. uh, spoke uh, about him to, to Danny Sender. Um, you know and, and just yeah you know when he came back to, to adams park recently you know absolutely lovely got a you know lovely lovely reception and i'm sure as well there are other workplaces where it happens but you imagine that in a sort of dressing room situation what you've been through with all those players is uh, to have that memory yeah. and then years down the line to go oh yeah do you remember when we, we i think the difference with football is that people have longer memories and people also look at the history so if you are a a fan now or a recent fan you then start researching the history of of Wickham Wanderers so you know these names whereas actually in another workplace you probably don't do that and there probably isn't history to you know to research if you you know at the Loudwater branch of Tesco's or something (laughs) (laughs) other supermarkets are available in the Wickham area of course a big thank you to JDT and uh, Hutchinson at uh, the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association Uh, more uh, next week online on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound. Bing bong. Calling the people of High Wickham. It's David Stockdale, number 13, here from Wickham Wanderers. Not sure what to do this Saturday? Get yourself down to Adams Park. We continue our League One campaign. Bring your chanting air game. Help us get all three points. Tickets are now available at tickets.wwfc.com. See you there. Welcome back to what we call the final part of the Wickham Wanderer show, because literally there's nothing more after it, uh, in terms of... We used to call it extra time. Yes. But then we realised that we couldn't have penalties. <laughs> no, and it was too nail-biting as well, if we could. Uh, yes, uh, that's true, yes. yes. Still we to come. Nervous. Talking of which, it is the anniversary today of our, oh, yes. our victory, not that it went to penalties or, or anything like that at all, uh, of our victory against Wolves uh, in the FA Cup. 
21 years 21 ago, years since so many of January. you were there at Adams Park clearing the snow from the pitch just to make sure that the game could go ahead and how worth it was it and that very iconic Andy Rammel jumping in the snow after his Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you can see that now in your in your mind's eye, can't you? No, definitely. And really nice, as you say, that so many people you know went to help out. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. Bring yeah. a shovel. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's not something you hear very much these days. <laughs> Going down Donald's Park, why are you taking a shovel? <laughs> they said. Well, yes, you know, bring a shovel. You can get in for, for slightly less money than if you didn't have a shovel. Absolutely. Yes. No snow at the moment, for, fortunately, touch wood. No. But um, some, some interesting uh, player news. That uh, indeed, yes. No snow definitely for Ali Al-Hamadi, um, who has... Uh, earned a call-up to the Iraqi national squad. Uh, they play against Iran today. In fact, they possibly have already played, and I will have a look uh, whilst we hear from Gareth Ainsworth in a moment to, to see if we do have a result <laughs> from that game. Um, uh, they also then play Lebanon on the 1st of February. Sully Kaikai has come back from the African Cup of Nations, because, of course, Sierra Leone uh, went out um, in at the... Uh, oh, I'm just being told it, so it was, oh dear, poor, poor Ali <laughs> Al-Hamadi. So, so Iran uh, beats Iraq oh. um, in, in the oil Derby 1-0. <laughs> I'm sure it's not really called that, is it? No, shouldn't think so. It's probably one of those ones they don't actually consider it a derby each, <laughs> each No, exactly, because of the border. Um, we also must talk about uh, Wicked Wanderers women, um, who did well, to be fair, on Sunday, even though they lost. Uh, you might remember before Christmas that they faced Abingdon United uh, in a cup game, uh, and they lost 8-1. Uh, well, they faced the same opposition again on Sunday, this time only going down 3-0, which was definitely an improvement. Uh, they will face Moneyfields away uh, on Sunday at 2pm. Another side who are doing well. Moneyfields mm. currently second in the division, so that's not going to be an easy game. Um, but after that, then I do believe that they've got most of the difficult games out the way. So we can look look forward to winning ways again for Wickham Wanderers women. Also in the notice board part of the show, there's, there's a quiz to mention. There is indeed, yes. Uh, with uh, the funds being raised going for Wickham Wanderers women as well. Um, uh, and there are still places available for the quiz uh, to register for that. Go to the website, which is foreverblues.com, and the four is the number four, not, not, not four, if you see what I mean, foreverblues.com. Fantastic. I th- that concludes the notice board section of the show? I think it does, yes. Absolutely. Uh, now, though, uh, we're going to hear a very... Uh, I'm, I'm praising it because I've heard it already, and it's fantastic. Uh, brilliant chat with Gareth Ainsworth, especially if you went to Morecambe. Uh, one man went to Morecambe, went to... No. Um... <laughs> Then he's got a very special message for you. Uh, this is the uh, Wicked Wanderers manager, Gareth Angel, speaking to our Bob earlier on today. After the Morecambe game, you said to Phil Catchpole that you've got some picking up to do um, of the players, which I thought was a really, really good thing to actually hear because it means that actually your squad now doesn't expect and isn't happy just to stay in League One, but actually they've got aspirations to, to get to the Championship and they go into games such as Morecambe away expecting actually to win. Yeah, we don't. We never expect to win, but we we every game now think we have a chance. And and, uh, and what we've done, you know, uh, up to that point, you know, I think it was ten without a loss. Sorry, one loss in ten, wasn't it? It was uh, Ipswich, um, and then right back into the start of December before we, 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 you know, had another loss. So the boys have set their standards, and when they don't reach those standards, they're down, and and they they then look to me to give them some guidance of why they didn't reach the standards. You know. Who was it? You know, is it inside? Is it is it outside? Is it tactical? Is it? And really, my job is to is to embrace all of that and uh, and you know, first of all, look at myself, look see if we could do anything better on the tactical side or technical side, and then and then start um, start on the personal side, and and it's a real in depth 
sort of study and discussion about you know how we could have been better. It happens sometimes in football. You know, I just watched Claudio Ranieri's interview when he left the training ground when he was sacked on was it Tuesday or Monday and. Uh, one of his roles is football and it is football you're not going to win every game there's there's five games that you'll smash teams there's five games that you'll get beat easily and then there's 36 games where it can go either way can we have a quick word about Adebayo Akinfenwa leading the line he, he won't thank me for saying this but he's, he's going to be 40 in a few months time and he, he played all 90 minutes on Saturday yeah I mean what we can say about Adebayo has not been said already is this club wouldn't be where it was without Bayo, you know, and, and we have to pay homage to that guy. He's, he's just done so well for this football club. Um, people don't see what he brings away from the pitch, you know, and uh, yeah, he gets the days off now and then because he's 39 and when the others get to 39 and they're still playing, they can have days off as well, but he, when he's in, he galvanises the troops, he sees what I'm trying to do, he sees what gets success here and he he is passionate about us doing the right things and, and yeah he, he's just a, a phenomenal character you know I think football will miss King Fenwell when he finishes never mind uh, never mind me and, and Wickham Wanderers but um, no at the moment he's really delivering and that goal in the first minute was just a fantastic header and you know he was doing that when he was 26 never mind 39 so no real, real pleasure to keep working with him and uh, like I say a real leader at this place Talking of goals, uh, Jack Grimmer, are you planning on starting him up front anytime soon? <laughs> We've scored plenty of goals, so I don't need a forward. Um, but I think we, uh, we're having one of those seasons where everyone's pitching in with the goals. The person I feel sorry for is Jason McCarthy because he was out of the team for no no fault of his own. The COVID uh, obviously hit Jason and he missed a couple of games. Jack Grimmer, we put in as right wing back. We know he can do that job, but Jason was flying. Jack goes and scores two goals in three games. Uh, I mean, Jason, <laughs> Jason's smiling, and uh, but I'm sure deep down he's thinking, oh my God, what do I have to do now? But um, Jack Grimmer has been another real good servant to this football club, you know, um, and it's only been three years, but he's been absolutely passionate from day one, gives everything, and uh, and those goals, you know, he's finding that touch now, which is brilliant for him, and uh and you know wherever they come from, great. But you, you know, you you sort of right-sided centre half come makeshift wing back scoring one with his left and then one with his right. I mean, two two brilliant poachers goals he's got there. And uh, and if there's any more coming, Jack, then they'll be very welcome. But um, I've got two brilliant players there who can both fill in that role. And uh, tough decisions for me, but um, yeah, Jack's playing really well at the moment. After the Morecambe game, Morecambe released a statement condemning a chant uh, that was heard at the, the Morecambe game from their fans. It's also rather depressingly a chant that now seems to be becoming quite popular on the terraces and was heard at the Wickham game against Oxford. I would say mainly from the away end, but definitely occasionally it came from the, the home end. You yourself have, have been on the end of that chant as well, which is pretty pretty offensive really let, let, let's say that um, how do you feel and how do the players feel as well when they hear that sort of thing going on on the terraces um, the players now have got to a stage where they they don't let it anger them now they just are probably like me astounded that people are still behaving like this but rising above it I think that's really important what we've got to do but also it definitely addressing you wouldn't say this to somebody in the streets, so or why 
why when you're in a crowd mentality do you feel that you need to sing it or uh, say it in a group it's just uh, you know it's just ignorance for me and uh, not just the chant that's popular at the moment but all chants all derogatory or, or offensive comments uh, is is something that I'm I'm desperate to get out of football you know I really am and you know we have to make sure that the right action is taken against these people whether it's our fans away fans or anyone who's uh, who, who comes into these football grounds because uh, some of them believe me I, I don't think support either team they're just coming to cause mayhem so it is sad uh, and it's something that needs addressing by the proper authorities what we want to do is keep reporting and doing the right thing on our side and hopefully the authorities above us will do the right thing and know that there's no place for that in football yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. I know that there'll be some fans listening who'll be saying, you know, th- that it's the the snowflake generation and all of that. But it is very unpleasant. And I think exactly as you say, actually, it's not something that you'd say to anything in the street. So if you're on the terrace, if you're thinking that you're supporting your team by, by singing that, you, you really aren't. Yeah, and, and, and the snowflake generation, um, it's just something to hide behind it. You know, saying people are too fragile now. No chance, you know. We'll take stick. We'll we'll take it in the right way, and and yet, you know, we're tough lads. But there's just no room for that sort of stuff now. I've got I've got young children, like many people have, and you don't want them growing up into a world like that. Uh, on the the flip side, let's talk about the 328 fans who made the very very long trip to Morecambe, which was was very impressive. Yeah, I just want to say to the fans, thank you, thank you so much, because like I said, build resilience together. And when I do go over at the end, and we get the reciprocal applause for each other. Believe me, I'm, I'm I'm an emotional guy, and and there is a feeling inside me that I wish I could give them all they want, and I am humbled by the support I get and, and the team gets, and so, you know, when I look into those faces, don't think that I'm just looking at them as numbers. I look at them as individuals and thanking them so much for being such a fantastic Wickham Wonders fan. That's the kind of guy I am, and that's how I want to live my life. And uh, I'll never consider them just as a crowd. They're all individual fantastic Wiccan fans who played a part in this journey together and uh, really really proud to have them and so thank you every one of them sorry it wasn't a great trip home hopefully we can have a, a shorter trip home on Saturday with, uh, with a different result and speaking as uh, not only a member of the media but also as a fan it means so much actually at the end whatever has happened on the pitch when you and the players come over that that does make the trip even if it's all the way up to Morecambe if it's all the way up to Middlesbrough Hartlepool that does actually make the trip for us I think thank you so much listen I understand the ones who storm out with a minute to go I understand the ones who, who aren't happy with me but I, I know it it means the world and it's a thank you We've given everything. I've given everything on that touchline. I have no, I never mean to lose a game. I never go out there thinking, uh, I'm going to mess this up today. I, I go out going, I want to, I want to give everything today. And, um, I'm hoping that's, uh, that's seen by the fans because it's certainly seen by me. The fans get behind us. And, you know, like I said, some of those scenes when Akin Fan was scored after one minute, seeing them all jumping around, that's what football is. That's what you're in it for. And, uh, and I'm loving that. Um, like I say, Saturday MK Dons, I know that's a sweet one for them and uh, I really want to give them a result. Um, I think David Wheeler, last minute winner, was uh, was the last time down at Adams Park and uh, and anything like that would be uh, very welcome for me. But um, 
it will be a tough game, but uh, really looking forward to it. And we've played them twice already this season, and really in both games, I would argue we were unlucky. In the in the uh, the Pizza Cup, the Papa John's uh, Trophy, we were unlucky, and obviously in the league game with Anthony Stewart getting sent off. Yeah, um, the, the league game's the one that you know sits uh, sits uncomfortable with us because we got the red card rescinded after that, but um, we had to play seventy minutes with ten men, and a, and a penalty was the difference. But um, uh, it's a different day, a different game. Um, and we're very close in the league, and I'll be making the boys well aware of uh, the season now, where we are, where we sit, how quickly it goes, and how important these points are. So, um, yeah, I, I think we can uh, we can give MK Dons more than the game matters. But really looking forward to it. Win, lose, or draw, I'll be talking those fans because they're a, they're a great bunch. But um, let's hope we can uh, we can have the former. Uh, you had a, a practice game against Ipswich in the week. Just a, a word about that. Yeah, brilliant. Daryl Horgan, David Wheeler, Chris Verino. Jason McCarthy all getting minutes, you know, uh, been first teamers for me, um, goalkeepers again getting experience, and then some of these young boys who perhaps need to go out on loan now and, and continue their development for us. No way are they out of the building. They're, they're going on loan to play first team football and get and get minutes. There was plenty of scouts looking at them, and I think we've secured a couple of loans as well, which is brilliant for us. So, yeah, very impressed with the uh, with the second half performance. I thought we stepped on really well. I thought some of the experienced boys really came to uh, David and Daryl Hogan especially and, and, and Jason you know, and pushing those boys forward and getting the press right in the second half uh, something that we really do well here and uh, it was nice to step back and not have to coach, not have to manage and hear what these experienced boys were saying in the dressing rooms after Daryl actually was really you know, really good after the game in the dressing room telling the boys exactly about football, about uh, you know his, his what he's his experiences and uh, and and how you make every moment count. Um, it was great, you know, a real good experience for some of these development players. And uh, you know, looking forward to the next games. But uh, the first team games are going to come thick and fast now. So I think they're far, few and far between now for development games. That's why we're going to try and get some of these boys out on loan, get them playing because Chris Farino, Anis Mamete, Oli Pendlebury, you know, they're just names that have really made an impact in the first team already from that development squad and uh, Sam Grace has done a great job I'm sure there's more to come but um, we'll see what happens for the rest of the year now It does sound really um, well positive very, very positive. Um, and as I said at the beginning of the interview, I thought really positive that actually, you know, he's talking about having to pick the boys up from a defeat against Morecambe. You know, just a few seasons ago, we would have been delighted really with anything in League One. And the fact that now we're actually going into these games expecting, or, you know, Gareth would correct me about that, you know, wanting to win those games and believing that we can, uh, it, it, that's the difference. So what would be your assessment, just quickly, um, of where the team are currently? Because I know, you know, the manager and any players that you speak to all they don't look too far ahead but I think we can um, so, <laughs> so we've got obviously MK Dons as you kind of pointed out the points difference would be really useful with, with a win on Saturday it really really would I mean I think you know it, it, it is it's a huge game on, on Saturday um, and if we win then yes uh, we can begin I think to look to sort of towards the end of the season um, I know you know the whole sort of like you know oh it's a marathon not a sprint or whatever but you know in all, all marathons you know at some point you know there's a small group that breaks away from the rest of the pack uh, and we want to be in that small group. I was concerned you were going to say somebody hits the 
wall. No, definitely. <laughs> well, but that's the opposite thing, isn't it? And again, you know, hopefully we've overcome our normal hitting the wall, which yes. always used to be around Christmas, where actually, you know, we'd all look forward to the Christmas fixtures and then uh, probably have zero points from about four games. Uh, that didn't happen this Christmas time. And then we've got a bit of a gap, of course. Uh, indeed, yes. Um, uh, so uh, after MK Dons, um, then uh, it's the FA Cup fourth round, isn't it? Where yes. we were meant to be playing another one of the Cambridge games uh, that has then been rescheduled. Um, so yes, so there is no game next Saturday, so unfortunately. Tuesday the 8th at home to Shrewsbury, then a trip to Lincoln, uh, then at home again to Cheltenham. Then at home again to... Uh, to Wigan. That's, again, you know, looking quite big with all the Wigan's mm. games in hand. Obviously, then that's, you know, a way that we can slightly close the gap um, on them. Um, uh, with regards to that game against Shrewsbury, they're, they're doing slightly better than they were, but they're still only four points above the relegation zone. But again, the trouble with this time of the season, and that's, I think, what we found on Saturday against Morecambe, is that, of course, the teams down the bottom do actually start to really try hard. And in some way, they're probably slightly trickier to play uh, than maybe some of those who are still in the middle that probably feel that actually the playoffs are slightly too far uh, ahead of them. Um, one of those would be Lincoln. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's still... We're, we're in the right place, I think. That's a very good assessment. Uh, join us next week for uh, more of the Wicked Wanderer show as hopefully we reflect on a win at home to MK Dons. Cheerio, I follow. We'll miss you. <laughs>